I'm your host, Arrow Kopak, and you're listening to the podcast MP3, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity. How do you think about productivity when you think about the productivity of your mind? How functional is the machine of your mind? Do you think about it as something that is expected to continue to produce for you, to take in information, to give information, to make connections? And at what point does the machine get overwhelmed? How do you create capacity for your own mind? How do you increase productivity for the machine of your mind? So oftentimes we get caught up in thought of produce, do, take action, make things happen. And all of those are really good pieces of advice. But you also have to create capacity and think differently to produce something more effective, more worthwhile, something you can be really, really proud of. There's a quote by Peter Drucker that says, There's nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. Roger, you and I picked this quote, and when we picked it, uh, there was a little bit of laughter in reading it because we oftentimes think about doing things more efficiently, especially in the context or topic of productivity. And we forget that sometimes focusing solely on efficiency can cause working harder, working longer, working more on something that perhaps shouldn't even be done. What were your thoughts when you read that? Oh, yeah. And the reason I laughed is because Peter Drucker was talking to me. I am a master at that. Oh, man, I was a master at that. Yeah, nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. I've had to question that so many times. Like, should I really be doing this? And you've talked so much about being intentional with your time. And that was lost on me for a long time. I was like, well, if I'm busy, if I just keep going and active, like typing keys on the keyboard or writing down notes or switching between my apps and doing all this kind of stuff, well, yeah, I'm doing great at productivity. I'm ace in productivity, right? And I've learned and continue to learn that that's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) So what have you found to be effective for you in creating capacity and taking that break or that separation from that hamster wheel type of productivity? I started to lean into something we've talked about before in terms of some of our personality episodes, which was really interesting. And that part is that I do need some time away from doing, and I do need some reflective time. I mistakenly thought that because of my nature and my preference for wanting to be an extrovert, that I don't need no introvert time, (laughs) (laughs) right? You've talked about this too, Mm -hmm. and we're going to get to you in a sec here. But yeah, that's what I've learned, that the more that I do take that time to recharge and take that intentional time out, the better off I'm going to be. Because just grinding my wheels all the time is just not an efficient or effective use of my time. How about you? What works best for you? Yeah, when you talked about, when you just used those words, grinding the wheels, I had a little bit of a cringe inside. Mm. Because that is a little bit of how I think of it. If the focus is so much on productivity and go, go, go and do, do, do and never take time to pause and reflect and process. That's the way it can start to feel is that grinding of the wheels, as you say. And then actually, I think I had a dentist one time who told me I might grind my teeth (laughs) if I'm really stressed out. So he said grinding the wheels. It's like grinding the wheels, yes, or maybe grinding the teeth. And there's a lot of people out there who do have that stress reaction of the subconscious not getting that release, not getting that pressure release And then that pressure translates. And there's a lot of people who have the grinding or the tightening of the jaw as they sleep. And I found that that was one of my subconscious stress reactions if I was not taking that time to process Mm -hmm. and to release and to let go of the stress. So 
it's funny that you use those words. It kind of hit a point for me <laughs> of, yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we know it, right? Yeah. So yeah, this idea of think time, I had it marched into my head, especially in the era that I was growing up in and early in my career that if you're not busy, if you're not looking like you're shuffling papers or typing or something, you know, well, I'm thinking. And oftentimes, <laughs> do that on your own time. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. So it's interesting because one of the things I've thought about is when I do it. And I've had to retrain myself to do it. It's okay for me to do it at different parts during the day, like during that quote unquote nine to five, eight to five time when you're supposed to work. I take a break. Sometimes I'll do it around the lunch hour. I'll do it after I eat. I'll just be like, okay, what am I really working on now? What connections did I make this morning? And then I know I also need to do it. I actually take intentional time to do it at the end of the day, kind of around like between four and five or four and six, because I know that that is not a good time for me to make decisions because mm -hmm. I'm decisioned out and <laughs> I will not make good choices, especially like when I'm responding mm -hmm. to an email emotionally, not a good time. <laughs> so that's a great time to sit and reflect for me. How about you? When would you take that time? Yes, there's not a one time for me, it's actually not in the morning. I am not a morning person. So my mind has not gotten going. The wheels are not turning very well in the morning. So I've actually found it helps once I've had some input in my day. And it allows me to process and think on things differently, have a different reflection upon a conversation or a new piece of information. Honestly, I think of my think time as process time majority of the time. Mm -hmm. There's different types of think time, different applications for it. Majority of mine is process time. I like to process my day, process my conversations, process my interactions, because that's when I look back and take a perspective, a different viewpoint on some of the things that occurred. Because when we're in it, we only think about things generally in one way. And so that's one thing I use my think time for a lot. I actually had a client recently ask me, how do you not overthink? You're such a deep <laughs> thinker. How do you not overanalyze and overthink right. and get yourself to take action? And my response was, my overthinking is not usually on taking action. That's a different focus. My thinking is on reflection that I use to learn, that I use to get a perspective. Why did that person say that? What prompted that response? What was going on behind the scenes in that interaction? That's a lot of the analysis that I'm bringing in in my process time that helps me better understand myself and the people and the world around me so that I can learn how to be more effective in the world around me moving forward. That makes a lot of sense, especially for the kind of processing and thinking that you do. It's information-based. So for you, you can take that time, you can check out a little bit, not even just check out, but as you receive something, process, 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 give output. More input, process, 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 output. Mm -hmm. Very fascinating. Fascinating. That's one way of think time too. But when I learned about think time, the phrase think time, it was when I was actually in training it's called the Chartered Leadership Fellow Training. And big focus of that was management versus leadership. And one of the things they taught was that leaders must have strategic think time, must have dedicated time to think, to plan, to process through all of the potential things that may come up, to think through the current state of their business, all of these different aspects. You have to have a strategic think time because your mind goes into a different mode when you're in that mindset for a period of time. So I think it's important to have think time throughout your day, but then also to have truly dedicated time that you're going into that mode for maybe two hours or three hours where you're diving in deep and staying in that mode. And that's when that you get into what they call the flow or the zone. Mm -hmm. And your mind goes into a different mode if you stick with it long enough. And when I did that, it needed to be in the afternoon. So I could take my walks and process my day at any point. 
throughout the day. But this kind of going into the zone, trying to get into the flow, for me, it was in the afternoon and it would oftentimes actually be at a coffee shop because it was easier for me to get into the zone if I had commotion going on around me, outside of me, that allowed me to kind of channel in. I think that's a little bit having to do with extroversion, getting that energy from the commotion going on outside and tunneling in. Others need it to be in full solitude. So I think it's important to figure out what works best for you with where and when. But for me, it was actually in the afternoon at a coffee shop, just jump in all of a sudden, look up and two or three hours are gone. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. For me, I I like to make connections. I'll either listen to podcasts when I'm walking or when I just turn off all the noise. That is intentional thinking time for me being out. A lot of people talk about taking that nature walk or nature cleanse or forest walk or whatever it might be. That's a great time to do it. So whatever your preferred mode is, that's great. If it's sometimes it's just finding that comfortable chair or whatever it is and making the time. I will tell folks, for those listening, do make the time. We're going to get into just a bit here what the value is, but do make time for this. I recommend doing think time because I got caught in the trap of not making time for think time in my business. And that just led to outcomes that I was not happy with, right? Because I wasn't thinking through or making connections. I wasn't using that gift of making connections and writing things out or talking things through with others. I was just so busy being busy, answering email or not being intentional about why I was making a sales call or anything like that. And it showed. It showed not only in the results I was or was not getting, but it also started to take its toll on me because I lost sight and I lost vision of why I was doing my business in the first place. I think when you focus in or have that dedicated time, as we said, there's different types of think time. But when you channel your energy into really processing through something, taking that dedicated time to think through and something in particular for a dedicated amount of time, this is what I might call pinpointed think time, right? There's regular process time. There's thinking through your day that we talked about. And that's one valuable type of think time. But pinpointed think time is where you're going a little bit more narrow, focusing on one aspect. Maybe it's your vision, maybe it's a project, maybe it's a strategy, but you're really going deep into something. And when you do that and you push past the resistance, you push past that tendency to want to look at your email, you allow for those blocks and barriers to be up to not allow those distractions in as much. And you go there for a period of time. I think it's amazing sometimes what people come up with and you can amaze yourself with what you may discover when you allow your mind to stay in that place for an extended period of time, which is not natural in our world with how especially our American society is with go, 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 produce, produce, create, create. And action is absolutely important. It's vital. But dedicated time, think time where you're in a zone, channeled energy, channeled focus on one thing for a period of time, it's amazing what your mind can create. And I, a few times in my dedicated think time, I've looked up and been like, wow, I would have thought that would have taken me a week to think through all that. I would have thought that would have taken me a week to create all that. And really, it just took two hours of truly dedicated, channeled focus on this one thing. It can save you a lot of time in the long run. That is so valuable. We should give ourselves a little more credit than we typically do. Absolutely. Dive a little deeper in that. So what more value is there in think time? Depends on the thing that you're doing, but the what I call the process think time, and these are my words, so <laughs> use your own interpretation or our own words of application for what it means to you. But when I think of think time, I think of process time, which is to process through information, process through the day, process through emotions. Those are all things that 
I think everything that comes to you must go through. Everything that comes to you must go through you. I like that. And if you're not processing it, it's not really getting through and you're probably getting a little bit clogged up or overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And your mind needs that processing through. As you talked about the grinding wheels, right? The machine, you need that smooth operating. You need to let things go through. And a lot of that comes through processing, processing through the information, processing through the interactions, processing through the emotions that are associated with those interactions. So that's one of the main values I see of processing time is you're clearing your mind, you're processing through so that more can come in, you're creating that capacity and also relieving probably a lot of stress, a lot of interpretations by processing through them and allowing yourself to think more clearly. You're creating that space. When you create that space, you're less foggy, less cloudy, and you can think more clearly and therefore move more smoothly. You just defined a feeling that I get a fair amount when I don't do this process, right? That foggy, almost backed up kind of feeling of, oh my gosh, there are times, and maybe our listeners can relate to this, that not letting that stuff go through. What an image you just created there. What a picture that I tend to think, oh, I'll think about that later. I'll think about that later. I'll think about that later. And not only is my mind like that, you guys should take a look at my Evernote (laughs) (laughs) or OneNote if you're a OneNote person. But yeah, there are all these ideas backed up and I don't, haven't necessarily thought them through. And what I'm hearing too is that I so want to open my mind. Like one of the things we talk about was opening up our mind to new perspectives. But one of the issues that I face in this scenario is that I'm not making space for it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. You have to create that space to create that clarity to allow for things to come through. So clearing your mind in, there's a lot that comes with that of clearing your emotions and releasing some tension from your body even. That can happen when you clear your mind, but that processing must happen. You must create that capacity by processing it through, which then allows for a lot of that fog and cloudiness and confusion that comes with that to be released, to be let go. Right. And this was an idea we talked about before we came on. You said being intentional in letting that time go. We talk a lot about intention. You talk a lot about intention and clarity, and I love that. If I am intentional with it, then I can make space for these other things to happen. and. When you're not intentional, which is what I was being, right? And remember back to what I was telling you before that I'm busy, busy, busy. I'm just trying to make things happen. Without intent, I got the outcome. There was an outcome, but it wasn't one that I wanted. Right. And that's the big thing. Yeah. So being intentional does help. Absolutely. And the other piece of think time is, well, there's a few, but one is process think time. The other, I would say, is the visionary think time. So that's allowing yourself to dream, to picture the future that you want to pursue. We've, we've done an episode before on vision and that is a important part of think time. And just putting this out there, if you're doing visionary think time where you're planning for the future and you're thinking about what you want to create and visualizing what you want to pursue, that's incredibly valuable. And again, I would recommend kind of cleaning out the tank first. I oftentimes when I go into visionary think time, I write out a little bit about what's happened this year or what's been going on so that I'm putting that aside as kind of the past or the current state that I'm moving forward from. And that allows me to not bring in the present or even the past into that visionary mindset. So when I think about visionary think time, it's dream, it's imagination, it's future creation that is yet to come. And that's a different focus of mindset of the think time as well. That is such great advice. And I got to tell you, it kind of segues, it makes me think about something you had brought up earlier and moving into resistance, Mm. right? We talk about what is the resistance to creating that intentional time or that think time. 
And the one place I go, here come limiting beliefs. <laughs> here they come, kids. Ariel's going to talk about them too. The ones that comes up for me was this fear, a fear of, and it could be a fear of success. Or like, what happens if I dream and I'm successful? Uh-oh. What happens if I dream and it doesn't come true? Uh-oh. That's where some resistance comes in. What does that bring to mind for you when we talk about resistance? I just want to call out, I love that you said uh-oh to both sides of that. If I do, uh-oh. If I don't, uh-oh. <laughs> right, right. We do, though. That, that happens, exactly. right? Yeah. That's the point. Fears associated with both. And the only way to push through those is to lean in. There's a whole book on lean in. Lean into that discomfort. Lean into those concerns. Lean into those fears. And if you're go, go, go mode and you're producer mode, productive mode, you're going to think, I don't have the time to lean in. Because that takes time and energy and intention, as we're saying. So if you don't have dedicated time to do that, you're going to just push past it because it's not efficient. It's not quick and easy exactly. at all. <laughs> no. And that's why with me being busy, it was so easy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to address it. If I don't have to face it, well, I can just kick that down the road. Right. Not deal with it. I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll deal with it next quarter. I'll deal with it next month. Whatever it happens to be. Busy provides that immediate gratification feel in comparison to the fear and discomfort that you have to intentionally lean into feel, which are you naturally going to gravitate towards if you don't think about it and intentionally put aside time to go into that space. And when you go into that space, there's a lot of things that can come up. As you're referencing learning beliefs, absolutely. You have to put aside the guilt of I'm not doing right now because you're planning to do for the future. You're creating your future. You're envisioning your future, but you're not doing it right now. There's a lot of associated guilt that can come with that. If you've been in a productive or producer mode for an extended period of time, it can feel unnatural. But that feeling of unnatural does not mean it's wrong. And sometimes we think, oh, this feels unnatural or different. It must be wrong, but it's not. It's not wrong. That's a great point. Totally. It is not wrong. And that's something folks say to yourself. It's not wrong just because it feels different. Feel what that emotion feels like or lean into it. As Ariel said, I agree with that 100%. I got over that guilt of not doing. And it's easier to do as an entrepreneur, your own business. And I encourage even those of you who don't have it, it's you are doing, right? You are doing. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that you're not doing it. There's a lot there. And I think where the misconception of that happens, because again, we're not minimizing the importance of action, but the difference of where that happens is people are like, just do, just take action. And absolutely, that's true. But that's usually more in response to overanalyzing, overthinking, and therefore not taking action because you're so caught up in your own thoughts. This is about having intentional think time to go through your own thoughts. And then when you come out of think time, you take action. And that's the big distinction is if you actually have intentional think time to go into these spaces, to think through those thoughts, to plan it out, to strategize, to create in your mind and on paper what you want to create in the world, then when you come out of that intentional think time, you make it happen. You take action. So intentional think time actually allows for less overthinking or encourages less overthinking because you've already thought through it. You've already been intentionally in that space rather than a piece here and a piece there that you'd feel never got tied together. You're going into that space intentionally and then coming out of that, you're saying, all right, now let's take action. Exactly. You can turn uh uh-oh into uh aha. Yes, I love it. How's that? That was good, Roger. I like that. (laughs) We're going to make t-shirts and mugs and ball caps. How to turn uh uh-oh into into uh aha. Aha. (laughs) I love it. So this might be a good place to talk about what are the different kinds of think time that we can engage in? Yes. So as we talked about visionary think time where you're 
allowing your imagination to go wild, to think outside of the current state and imagine what you want to create in the future. And that's clarifying your compass. That's getting really clear about where you want to go and what you want to create and why. That visionary think time, getting yourself into that big picture mindset. There's also creative think time where you're brainstorming and thinking outside of the box. Oftentimes, this is in relation to a problem or a challenge that's come up. You're allowing yourself to think more creatively, to go into a, I call it a place where no does not exist. That's what I call mm. it, very effective for creative think time. No does not exist yeah. here. What if there was no chance of failure? What if no did not exist? What could you come up with? What could you create? What would you allow in? That's some creative think time. And it takes going to an intentional mindset or mental space to allow for that little, that kind of creative thinking. There's also strategic think time, which is where you're really building out a strategy. You have something that you want to build. You already have that clarity of what you want, what you want to build. And you now have to go in intentionally figure out, all right, how are we going to get there? That's strategic think time. And you maybe dig in a little bit more to the details or at least get the points in place to get to release some of the question of that how. Lean in and figure out a little bit of the steps to get you there. That's strategy, that strategic think time. Very important as a business owner or anyone who has something they want to create. You have to have a strategy, but you have to be in that mindset, which can be a little bit different from the creative think time and from the visionary think time. Right. And there's also the narrow project-based, similar to strategic think time, but it's going even more specific into one thing, making one project, one program really built out, getting into the weeds a little bit more kind of step-by-step, but allowing yourself to have that build-out. I think of the narrow project-based as the build-out and your mind can realize or think about a lot of things that if you were just in go mode, you might not think about that. And that can be done individually or with a group. But those are all just some examples of intentional think time. And I think it's worthwhile to clarify what type of think time do you need right now? You're not going to do all of these. And it's not recommended to do that level of intentional think time of two or three hours. It's not recommended to do that. Especially when you're starting off, if it's a new habit, it's not recommended to even do it every week. It's too exhausting. It is actually mentally exhausting to do this, or it can be. So it's something to work towards, work up to. But what do you need most right now? And just start with one. So start with creative or strategic, big picture, dream, or narrow project-based. Those are the four. Great advice. Excellent. And I tend to think in terms of outcome-based. So what do I want? Outcome and then perhaps work backwards from there. That is wonderful. So we have a few takeaways from this this time. Here's one for me definitely would be taking time to clear out before you can put in. I got to clear it out. I got to work through. I like where you went today with working through. That's one that I know I'm going to work on more. And the intention here, how do you do it? Carve out that time. Take that time to process. How about you, Ariel? What's a takeaway for everyone? Well, as someone who has always valued action and gotten irritated when action wasn't being taken, (laughs) I think it's a good reminder for me to remember that sometimes your most productive time is not when you're actually producing, but when you're designing. Whether that's designing a plan, designing a strategy, designing a vision. Perhaps your most productive time is that because it is time-consuming to dig in and clarify your why or to clarify the meaning behind what you're doing and the meaning behind what others are doing. It takes intentional time to do that. But when you do, the how becomes so much simpler. Like I talked about better understanding myself and the world around me and the environments and the people. When you understand what and why, the how becomes so much simpler. 
So rather than spending all of our time on the how, we focus on the what and the why and being really intentional with our think time on those things. The how becomes simpler and that's how it becomes more productive and efficient overall. So think time focuses on effectiveness, not efficiency, but effectiveness on the front end to increase efficiency on the back end. Then things run much smoother, much faster, much clearer when that happens. So devote time to it. Pick what you need most right now, just one intentional think time of any of those categories and devote time to it so that you can be more effective and more efficient overall. That's a great place to end. Thank you so much, Ariel. Thank you, Roger. Until next time, this is Ariel and Roger helping you to master your personality, perspective, and productivity. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about the podcast, events, workshops, or coaching, visit harnessyourhindrance.com slash mp3. And don't forget to subscribe for the podcast mailing list on our website. I have three asks. I ask that you listen to at least three episodes of this podcast before giving a rating, but then please do. I ask that you share this with three people who may benefit from the conversation you heard today. And I ask that you capture your three takeaways from this content. You may always text message MP3 to 888-523-2494 to stay informed when new episodes come out. Again, thank you for listening.